You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. If God and his church are so good for us, then why is life so hard? Why does it hurt us so much and so regularly? This is the question that Paul turns to in his letter to the Philippians. It's interesting and just amazing that Paul writes this letter while he's in prison, while the rest of us would be moaning and whining about how unfair life is. Paul says, you know what? I want to encourage you. I I want to assure you that God is going to take care of us. In in verse 6 even, he says, for I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in y'all will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. No matter if it's good, if it's bad, God is going to accomplish his purposes. Again, Paul is just working off of and applying what he talked about in the book of Romans when he gave us the whole scope of what the good news is all about. After he says, hey, he's going to transform us, remember, he gets to chapter 8 and says he transforms us through the hard times. It's trials. It's the pain that brings the gain. What's interesting is that he needs to write that letter to the church in Philippi. Philippi is a city that was named after Philip, Alexander the Great's father, and it was a base of of Alexander's empire. And and it's also Mark Antony and Octavian were defeated by Brutus and Cassius there. And because of them supporting Mark Antony and Octavian, they now become kind of this official uh, Roman city that doesn't have to pay taxes. And it turns into a retirement village for old Roman warriors. Well, you think about old Roman warriors. They have given their absolute lives to the empire, and now they are done. They get to take a seat and enjoy their lives. They are finished with the pain. Everything is just good times and lemonade on the beach forever. And now that they've turned to Jesus, life has gotten tough again. As we read through the book of Philippians, we pick up that they're being uh, tormented, that they're being persecuted from the community around them. They're also experiencing pain and suffering between their church, because just like Paul wrote to the Ephesians, they've committed themselves to each other. And just like many of us have experienced in our everyday lives, the church is not always pretty, and it brings more frustration and more problems in the process, it seems, than it does being a part of it. And so Paul needs to answer this question of why in the world, why in the world would we stay a part of this body? Why would we stay committed to Jesus if it just hurts the further we go in this process? He says it because he knows that just like uh, James says in his book, that pain that is endured and not given up on, it ultimately brings pure joy. Think about any championship you won. Think think about any gold medal you received or, or blue ribbon. It did not come through the easy times. It came through pain and suffering. You didn't give up in the process. And now you can look at that and say, I accomplished something. Things have come together. This is awesome. Unfortunately, like we've talked about before, we live in a very individualistic and self-centered world. So when we think about all of these trophies or look at them, we think about all the goodness for us. Not much has changed. 
Paul knows that even though they live in a more communal society and they've now committed themselves to the church, it is really easy to say, what's in it for me? And so Paul wants to remind them, who who are we serving here? And in chapter 2, he ends up bringing up what are what we believe is is one of the earliest songs or hymns of the church. And it's in Philippians chapter 2 when it says in verse 3, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves that was also in King Jesus although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be held on to or grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a, of a servant, of a slave, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We have chosen to follow Jesus, Paul says. And if we remember who Jesus is, he is the suffering servant who laid everything down, all of his rights, all of his privileges, because he loved us more than he loved himself. If we're going to come to his church and experience all the goodness that God has for us, it is not easy street. It is a world where we begin to put others in front of ourselves that we look to care for their needs, for their hurts and pains, to, to celebrate with their celebrations when, when we're sad, we put others first. And as we do, Paul says, that's when we get to experience the fullness of what God has planned for us, just like our master Jesus did. And, and Paul wants to remind them, because this would be the natural question, so, okay, all right, I, I serve others for a while, and then I get to be exalted. Then I get to be the top dog. And Paul says, okay, humanly speaking, I'm the top dog. <laughs> like, I, I'm better than all of you guys. But in chapter 3, he makes the point, and he says, hey, even though I'm humanly speaking better than all of you, I haven't arrived. And none of us will ever arrive. We will constantly be following after our great God and Savior. He will always be more than us. He will offer more than where we're at in that moment. And if we want the goodness and the greatness that God has to offer, the journey never ends. And that journey is a journey that we are going to have to take together. Because we have been brought together, and we find our purposes together. And this is why in verse 17 he says, Brothers, sisters, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Follow us. Live life with us. And if you do, you will experience all that God has planned for you. He brings this up and really makes this practical in chapter 4. At the very beginning, he, he says, you know what, um, I, you, you're my crown, you're my glory. You've brought me such joy by being a part of your journey, even though it hasn't been easy. And so now I want to point out two ladies to you. It's Yoda and Syntyche. Apparently, they're fighting with each other. And in the church, we've seen this maybe once or twice. Two, two people, two parties that are like, well, they're wrong, they're messed up. And it's really easy for us 
to just take one side or the other, or even easier I've seen, and you have probably too, to just ignore the whole problem. And Paul says this, it's really interesting. In verse 3, he says, Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help together with Clement and the rest of the fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. What Paul's essentially saying here is, hey, life's been tough. You're looking to finally get past it and just enjoy this life with Jesus. And now these two ladies are fighting with each other. Don't let it be something over in the corner. Here's your job because you've been called into Christ's kingdom. You've now been offered entrance into his church. Their problems are your problems. What? I already got enough on my plate. Well, why do I have to deal with their problems and their, their stuff that's going on? And Paul makes this point when he continues on in this. He talks about how the Philippians have been so gracious and helped him. And if you go back to chapter 2, how they sent this guy, Epaphras, and he supported him. And what a great help he's been. We help others in their time of need because all of us are going to have a time of need. When now, as part of God's body, we never have to endure it by ourselves. We have his people to support us and care for us. And the better we do caring for others first and supporting others first and sacrificing for others first is how much we will be able to experience within that same community when the inevitable problems come to us. Not only do we get to enter into problems of other people, but here's the thing Paul wants to highlight, and he finishes with this in chapter 4. You enter their problems, you take their sufferings, you also get their joy. Now the good stuff that God does isn't over there, isn't for them, it's for all of us. How many of us would like to have the most joy possible in our lives? I would. I'm pretty sure you would as well. The book of Philippians says this, don't run away from all the pain and suffering, whether it comes from the outside or the inside. No pain, no gain. But when we endure pain and suffering, we are promised this, the more pain, the more gain. The more trials, the more joy. Follow him. Follow him today and see your life and the life of his church overflowing with his goodness and joy. That's Paul's offer to them, and that's his offer to us today. 